Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined by my co-host Marky Davison. Marky D, mate, you and I have been like ships in the night the last few weeks. It's good to be back on with my buddy from Down Under. How you going? Yeah, am I in? Uh, am I in the right room? Am I? Is this the right place to be? This, this feels quite. <laughs> this feels quite strange, doesn't it? Both, like we're both on Steelers touchdown under. I think the, the past two weeks we've missed each other, right? It's three. Was... It's three. So you missed last week. Then I was off with my back injury the week before, and then the week before that, I think you had something. So yeah, this yeah. is the, the first time in almost a month we've spoken. I'm, I'm out there trying to be pickable champion for New South Wales. That's what I'm trying to be, mate. I'm out there. Mate, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm just trying away. to be able to walk properly. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So you turn 30, turn 30 and all goes downhill, uh, you know, from, from there, right? So, yeah. Nah, it, it does feel weird, but you know what feels weirder? What is, is that? Q, the QB speculation is madness. Now, I've been involved in it too, but it is absolutely stressing me out. It is all really right. stressing me out. Well, well, let's start off there then, and then we can get into the, the, the topic of the show today. Um, so... Deshaun Watson, all right, I want um, the short answer and then I'm happy to have the long answer. If you were the GM, put aside how many draft picks it takes, how many cap picks it takes, all the rest of that. Um, cap picks, draft picks, um, and cap numbers. Um, do, you, do you bring him in? 
If you had your choice, would you bring him in? Bring him in. 100, 110%. Okay. And then the long answer. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that is my long answer. No, no. <laughs> well, no it's fair enough. You just <laughs> no, no, no. And, okay, look. If you were to bring in, okay, you, we all know he's going through stuff with the, the legal stuff. And I always try to say, I always remove myself from that situation because I don't know I'm not there. I'm not yeah. part of that, uh, what is happening. So I don't want to push too many things. However, I think he got out of a few few charges. He wasn't getting charges and he may have a chance to come back to the league. Now, I want to focus more on a football player. If you were to get Deshaun Watson as a football player, it is an instant win. And yes, we would lose a lot of draft picks and it would, you know, maybe hurt the Steelers for the next few years. However, you've got a franchise guy who's, who's what, he's 26 years old and he's going to start playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, handing the ball to Najee. Uh, if we if we keep Juju, he's gonna he's gonna uh, sling the ball to Juju. I think he would overall improve the team, and I I'm okay with Mason really being the start of this year, and he may win seven to eight games, right? So what is the difference bringing in Watson if you if you lose all those draft picks, and he may also win seven to eight games. However, you've got a franchise quarterback, and you you know it's I, I think if it all I think a lot of times too. With all this kind of stuff, right, Pittsburgh Steel fans, since 2004, we've never been in the situation where we've had Big Ben forever, and we always sat back and laughed at other teams, like, worrying and, and scurrying around, going, oh, who are we going to get? What's going to happen, right? And now, finally, we're in that position, and every single QB gets linked to us. You could name 10 QBs, right, getting linked to us, and it's quite like, it's like, oh, do we jump on the hype train? Do we not jump on the hype train? But if, if Deshaun Watson were to play for the Steelers, instantly the, the the fans who are saying, oh, we don't want him, would be open arms because he's a he's a franchise quarterback. And right. he's he's a he's a big player that can that can make that can win us a that can win us a Super Bowl. Do you does any of this though weigh into that like, you know, everything we went through with Ben and all this off field stuff though, do you think I don't know. For me, for me, I, I, I struggle with that one because I think I don't think we want to have all that distraction. I think the Steelers mean business. And I think, you know, we talk about losing some draft picks there, but who who is gonna stand in front of Deshaun Watson? And I'd have to pull up his Deshaun Watson's deal, but like how many years is he gonna have left? Is he gonna want more money? You know, like and I know and I get that they don't grow on trees. I, I totally get that, you know, they don't do that, but and I, I'm not saying that Mason Rudolph for a second is Terry Bradshaw. He's not. He's a one-year, you know, and really most of us don't want him there for the one year anyway. But the thing for me is, is that, like, there are plenty of quarterbacks that we don't that we don't all love um, or we don't think that are that great that, that still do pretty decently. Like, it's funny. A lot of people are sitting there. We, we, all, we all bag Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm one of them. I don't want him near this franchise. But he's gone further than, like, a lot of other quarterbacks that have a lot of hype and stuff. And so, for me, I don't know, this off-field stuff, I don't know whether you can back up everything that we had with Ben with then Deshaun Watson. And, you know, the other thing for me is that with, when we think about Brian Flores and all these, and then everything going on <clears> off field and, you know, his stuff is very legitimate. Like how much distraction can you possibly bring in? I mean, I, I don't think they're going to bring them in, but if I had the choice, I would go after, there'd be other guys I'd go after. Like I would prefer yeah. them. I prefer them. Right. If, if Let's say it takes you, let's say it takes you, Two, two first-round draft picks and a, and a second round and a, and a player, right? It probably costs you more to get Deshaun Watson. I'd rather them throw in another year pick and go get Herbert from the Chargers. Do you know what I mean? Like, So for me, I'm like, 
yeah, I get that he's, you know, franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. But also, he's got to be able to stay on the... Now, one would think he's going to learn from whatever the hell, whether he's done the wrong thing or he hasn't. One would hope that he's going to learn from whatever has gone on, right? But there's no guarantee there. And so, for me, there's just too many there's too many questions with Deshaun Watson. No, I understand he's a, he's a media, you know, spotlight with everything happening and we don't know if it's if it's if it's true or not, right? But the thing is in in my opinion, if he is cleared for everything to be factual and the truth comes out and he didn't do anything wrong at all, give the man a shot. You know, now now I'm saying as well, Houston Texans probably want to ship him out for a lot of high price, you know, draft capital, which may hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this would be something that would shock me and surprise me for the Steelers to do, but I would still support it. I'd still be happy they did it because the, the, the moment all our opinions would, would fall to dust, the moment he signed, we would be like, whoa, we got Watson. Tell me I'm right. Tell me, tell me I'm right. I know like it would be better. Yeah, no, it would. No, no. And, and, but you know what? Like, as you were saying that, it goes back to what we've talked about a couple of times this offseason. You know, you and I were talking about this as well, I think, off air a couple of times too. And like we, we talked about it in the context of BTSC, right? And we talked about the fact that like Dave, Jeff, you know, bad, you know, to an extent, but particularly Dave and Jeff, like they were coming through college, you know, they started the early 20s. Ben came along, they followed Ben through, they've got teenage kids now. Like I kind of want to enjoy the ride. And like their their dads did the same thing with Terry Bradshaw. I want to enjoy the ride a little bit in the next couple of years of bringing in a rookie quarterback and, you know, building the franchise and like, and then when our kid, you know, when you and I have got kids that are, you know, between five and 15 years old or whatever, you know, you're like, yeah, that's the quarterback. We remember when he was a rookie and, and go through that process. Like, I don't, I don't know. I want to, I want to feel that hype of so, yeah. drafting that day and all the rest of it. And I think that there's opportunities to do that in the next few years. Like we talk about selling the farm and I know the guy's like literally in high school right now. He's going to college, but like, you, know, you got guys like Archie Manning coming, the second coming through. And Manning. Manning. There's a Manning coming through in two years' time, man. Like, wow. you know, it's just, I, I don't know. For me, I, I I don't know if I'd do it for Watson. That's all I'm saying. I think that if you're going to sell the farm as much as that, I, I probably want to go someone even bigger. Like, all right, I'm going to you're going to be really furious about this. I like, I would rather do it for Joey Burrow than I would for Watson. Just honestly, I would. I, I think he's, I, I, I think he's clutch. I think he's absolutely clutch. But I don't, um, care. I don't care if he's clutch or not. It's Jerry Burrow. <laughs> what the hell is Jerry Burrow? Like, what kind of nickname is that? I, the, you know what? The more, the more that I, I start to watch, I NFL, love his swagger, man. I love it. I hate his swagger. It makes me want to punch him in the head. You know, I don't condone violence, but see, I'm, I'm more is. against Mike Hilton than I am than I am Joey Burrow. That's a story for another time. That's a story for another. Yeah, you gotta get me rolling up on a Sunday morning. Uh ah, man, look, you can't bring in Joey Burrow. He's just got. We're not going to anyway, mate. But I, I just, it's just what I'm what I'm saying is the amount you've got to sell. But you know what's interesting is like I listen to um, you know, everyone on this show that's a regular knows I listen to um. It's one of the few, only other few podcasts I'll plug. Um, but it's you know, you know, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Been listening to him for almost a decade, which is scary to say. Um, and Daniel Jeremiah was talking on, I think they recorded it on their Thursday, so before the criminal charges got dropped. And um, he basically said, everyone in the league knows that Deshaun Watson's going to go after the trade. They're like, everyone in the league knows that Deshaun Watson's going to Seattle. So now. Obviously, that that's got to wait to happen. 
but they've got the picks, right? And it also makes sense because, you know, they've got a decent first round. Like, they've moved up in the first round now with a draft pick that's worth it, right? Because if you think nine, right? Now, the Texans, you know, Sills is a decent quarterback. Um, and we want to move on to the Steelers. But anyway, I want to say Sills is, you know, um, decent quarterback. And they can go get people that are going to build that franchise. So it's interesting. But look, let's get to the Steelers. That's what we're here to talk about. This is behind the steel curtain. Now, Mark and I want to do something different with today's show. Everyone's on the draft picks. Everyone's yeah. on the combine. Everyone's on free agency <laughs> coming up. Well, Marky D and I are like, we need a break. You know, we're going to relax. Yeah. So we thought, let's go back to the rookies from last year. Um, so we're going to look at them this week. And next and next week, we're going to look at the guys that are in year two that are going to year three. Um, just for like a little bit, a different change. Um, obviously, there's going to be breaking news. We're going to cover that stuff like we talked about Sean Watson just now. Um, but what we're going to do today is look at the, the rookies that were draft picks, not undrafted free agents. Um, otherwise, we'll be doing a show for two hours. I'm going to talk about how they went in 2021. Uh, you know, what does that say about their ceiling or floor for next year? What should Steeler fans expect as a minimum? What should Steeler fans, um, you know, be, be hopeful for? So, Marky D... Let's kick it off with the first round draft pick. I'm wearing his wearing his player shirt today. You know, for those on the audio side, Najee Harris. Um, I always say that when he does a big run at, at home. I'm like Najee. Um, I don't think that's going to take off, but I like doing it. So there we go. Um, Najee Harris, mate, started 17 from 17, 1200 yards, seven TDs, um, 62 first downs. He caught 74 out of 94 um, pass targets for 467 yards, three TDs, 22 first downs. He had the second most broken tackles in the league. He, um, the first in the league was Jonathan Taylor uh, running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor beat him by one. He was third in terms of most yards after contact, fourth in, in the league in yards from scrimmage, fourth all-purpose yards, didn't fumble during the regular season, fourth in rushing, um, over the course of the season and seventh in rush yards per game. I mean, where do you go from here? This, you know, like, that's a pretty tremendous performance in year one. <laughs> Mate. Mate. I know I know you know what I'm saying. Mate, <laughs> there where do you go from here? He is he is an absolute superstar. Now, for the audio guys, I just held up a sign saying, mate, that can mean so many things. And Maddie knows what that means. It pretty much means right now, every everything you said is factual. And this guy <laughs> is unbelievable. He mate. is going to be so fun to watch next season and the year after. I can't wait. It, it, with the O-line as well, getting better, getting more physical. Running the football, hopefully past the safety and not just 20 yards, you know, bigger carries and hopefully more touchdowns. I've never seen a running back like him, maybe since like how Bell played too. Bell had a bit more speed, but Najee doesn't quit. But Bell couldn't, he, Bell like could make people miss off the first step, but he, he can't truck you like Najee. <laughs> God, man. Najee was carrying three or four people and sometimes like you, you put down your coffee, oh, the, the play's over. And he went, oh, he's still running. He's still, he's still going. You know, he would that's run good, another, that's another point, two actually. yards. Now, it's like you think about on tape. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, man, this is bad. You know, this is a loss behind the line of scrimmage. And then suddenly Najee's popped up. Like, 
There was one run against, I think it was the Ravens, where he was in the backfield. He went right at the, right at the guts in, in the good game he had there. And he went to about the four or five yard line. And he's like, like um, you know, low body control, pad control down, still still churning his legs over. And then he followed to about the 15 yard. He got about 15 yards after that. He got seven to eight yards and nine yards after that first hit. And we can we consistently saw that with Najee. And I'm so thankful that we signed him up, uh, you know, as a round one uh, running back. Humble guy, great guy, funny guy too. Very funny in the media. Very, very he funny. Is, man. And, and I, like, it was funny, right? Um, oh, it was around Christmas time. And I had a, in one of his press conferences on the background. And my fiance was like, he seems pretty chill. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I showed her some of the interviews. She's like, he's just having them on. He's just playing with them. <laughs> it was really good. He calls out there like a lot of their BS too. A lot of their stuff. He, he, he goes, why'd you ask me that question? The favorite one I asked was that someone asked him during the preseason was like, oh, are you able to catch one-handed or something like that? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I can catch <laughs> one-handed. That's not that, that's not that hard, you know? No, I think he's he is going to be a leader for our, for our locker room too next year because he wants to win how you saw was it the the last game the chief game or the ravens game might have been the ravens game in week 17 or 18 that he didn't have um a very good good game that was it yeah he did have a good game but they still won and he was still angry he was still very angry at himself because he didn't play the way he wanted to he's a winner he wants to go out there and and i kind of feel like he wants to win for the team but most of all he wants to win for himself and that's that's yeah. that's a good quality to have when you want to, when you want to do everything and go, I can be the best for me. Oh, I'm not just doing it for my team, but I'm doing it for myself. Then, then you know you have high standards to, to you know, push your limits to it every time. Well, I haven't seen a running back like him in in a long time. Uh, he will get faster. He will get stronger. He will understand the the schemes more. He will get better with his O line. The O line was like pretty bad, right? It was bad. In, pretty in bad. Oh, okay, it was really bad, mate. You run a you run a you run a hyperreal on your the Steeler Nation oh, Australia right. that has me swearing and yeah, that that's exactly how I feel about the. the we can't do that here. You're not allowed. We can't. But we're a family friendly show. But yeah. um, I, t- I tell you what though, got got me fuming was Kevin Colbert saying, "Oh, you know, Najee knows he needs to do better next season." I'm like. No, mate, you need to do better next season. You need to provide people that are going to open up holes. Do it. It's your final year. Like, uh, there's a few things that Kevin Colbert said, right? And, like, he doesn't give us stuff what, you know, Matty Peverell down under thinks. But there's a few things that Colbert said lately that actually really tweaked me. Um, I'm like, Um, But, look, in terms of the Najee, right? So you did the 1,200 yards, the seven TDs. I think 62 first downs is incredible. Um, we saw what he did there. That's crucial. He's going to have to back that up this year if, if, if the Steelers want to do anything. What what do you think, you know, because players do have to improve. Like, I understand what Colbert's saying. Like, you can't just sit there and expect that, you know, you're going to be able to do the same thing year and year, even if you get a great O-line, right? Like, he's still got to rock up and do it. And he's a running back, so he's got to have to try and stay healthy as well. And that's up to the Steelers to get him some backup there because he can't he can't play that many downs again. Um, so I, I sort of I'm sort of sitting there going, you know, what's a what's a what's a pass mark for next year? Like, is it 10 TDs? Is it 12 TDs? Is it 1500? You know, rushing yards? Is it 2000 all-purpose yards? Mm. What? what's a what's a good mark here of improvement? Because the O-line's going to get a little bit better. It, it'll get a little bit better. Even if they had the exact same players today, it would be better just for more cohesion, right? So 
what do you, where, and also they don't have Clem, and I don't think Clem worked out, right? So they're gonna better line coaching. No, I, I think it's hoping. more more or less it's a better uh, average yard per carry. What I would say. Okay. Yep. So that needs to improve. Like I think that was pretty low, right? Because he had yeah, so many three point four. That was the one out of all the stats that I pulled. That wasn't. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, yeah. The average yards per attempt was on rushing was three point nine. It needs to be. Which is still incredible. Like, like if you it's, it's, the hype yeah. back in your head, it's still incredible. It's good. But I think what Najee, how he can excel and really change the offense, if that was around 4.5 or 4.6, 4.7, yep. which is pretty high, and those are the top-tier running backs. And Because if you're doing that, that's half that's half the down distance, and the next minute you have a second and five or second and six, and then you yep. can start to run the ball from there too. But if you're, getting second, if you're getting second and seven or – uh, also, a lot of penalties too. I saw a lot of times when we were getting holding and going back first and 15, and Big yeah. Ben could not. The off, actually, the offense could not counteract that. If we got, if we if we got a penalty last year, the offense could not counteract going back five yards. It was almost like we could only move the ball if we had a chance to move the ball. Was at 10 yards, and we had a sequence of events from first, second, and third, and that was mm. it. The moment we went back, that drive was over. So I'm excited to actually bring in a new quarterback, if it is Mason or whoever, right? I'm excited to try and move this football. I know I say it a lot in a lot of podcasts, but we just have not seen that happen. We've got 20 points on average, uh, 20 points average the whole season. Najee went out there and, and, and worked his butt off, right? But he was the only one, him and Mook, we'll talk about him next, but he was the only one, they were trying the hardest. DJ tried, tried a little bit. Claypool fell asleep. Ray Ray was running his routes and he'd turn around and go, oh, no, it's me. And he'd catch it, you know, because he was the fourth like fourth guy. Like, and I don't think, I don't know if he's going to come back, but for Najee to improve, I think it's getting that average up. I think just, I think the first year, it probably doesn't like, I'm not a running back, but I would, would say any first year, any job, you're kind of like, oh, what am, what am I meant to do here? So he'll, he'll, get, he'll get better and better and better. He'll yeah. read the right reads, the right holes. He'll um he'll know he'll learn how to take care of his body, which I think he did anyway last year. I thought well, he I think well. it's a good point. Like, and and this is the thing that I, <clears> I <throat> apart from the O line, you got to go back to that common notion that's talked about, which is that you know the for a draft pick, they play a full college season. If they're in a top college like he was at Bama, they go through the college football playoff, then they go straight into the draft process and combines and pro days, and then they get drafted, and then they go to OTAs, and they have a couple of weeks off, and then they go to summer camp, and they go into a season. And then for Najee, he goes into a season which has got 17 games, and the Steelers make the playoffs, and he's a running back, which is like one of the biggest workhorse positions with the most amount of snaps. And the guy didn't miss a game. <laughs> like That's a massive workload. Like that's a huge workload. Also, having a full an off season too with the you know with the Steelers, having a bit of time off to reflect. Yeah. Um, going into your second year, uh, I, I know that he wants to get better because they, they didn't win a playoff game, and that to me is the is the big thing. This team needs to win a playoff game, otherwise we are turning into maybe a really bad franchise because we can't do it at the moment, right? So Najee will he helps us? He helps us one hundred percent. Like he will get think- better. I was going to say, like, I brought up Snowman's Super Chat. Do you think – what about this stat one? That's 100 yards less per rush, but 800 yards receiving, a lot more short yard short yardage in passing. Do you think he um, becomes a bit of a target like that for Mason? Like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he's really a part is, – is he, he can be a pass catcher, right? I would rather – He can. I, look, when he was coming out, 
the one of the slights that I had on him was that like I didn't feel that that was the strongest part of his game, which is why I like Javante. I thought Javante Williams might have been a better fit. Um, but having said that, Najee surpassed all my expectations because you know, you know me, I don't believe in you know, a running back in round one. The only reason I, I think I like it with Najee is that he's a little bit older and mm. you get the five years, then you franchise tag him, you get the six years, and then if he's prepared to be team friendly, great, right? Um, and you know, and that's I guess the, the hope when it comes to Najee Harris, but like. You know, there's guys you get in the third round that are great running backs. Like, so that's that's the thing for me is that like when you talk about the pass catcher, you know, you wonder whether you wonder how they're going to use Freemuth in the short passing game. You wonder how they're going to do jet sweeps, which are going to open up Najee. You wonder if they bring in a decent second, you know, um, or, mm. or pass catching running back um, that then you know can can get Najee open. You know, these are all the sorts of things. They bring in someone like a Connor Haywood, which then distracts the defense, um, you know, to the draft. But I guess for me, you know, I don't think he could possibly catch any more. Like, I think if he's getting more than 94 targets, I think there's a, we're going to have a real problem again. Mm. Like, I think, you know, you don't want him taking more than 94 targets. Um, the long runs, I think that was talked about in the live chat. And it's one that you and I kept talking about all season, like we did with McFarlane. You just wanted to see him break a long one. I think, that's that if he can break long ones, that will tell you that the O line's improved. I, I think the stat line is one thing. Um, but just one, you know, last, just one last yeah. thing, Maddie. I, I want to say one last thing about Najee. Of course, before, no, no, I was gonna, I was gonna throw it oh. anyway. Um, Big Ben looking back at it, kind of held the Steelers back, right? Because Mate, the, the, he the defense, definitely the defense, held them back. Yes, the defense knew what was going to happen pretty much all the time, right? Because Big Ben wasn't mobile and it was his last year. I think well, looking back at it now, all the fans go, we knew you couldn't bench him because you couldn't do that to Ben after 18 years. So with even whatever quarterback goes in there, if it's Haskins, uh, Rudolph or whoever, it's going to improve the offense just because of the surprise. Yeah. It should be more of a surprise to, yeah. to work in Najee and to work in other, other, other people. Play action pass. Ben can't, couldn't play action pass anymore. He was, I think, even to a certain degree, near the end of looking at it, he was a bit like lazy because he didn't even want to run. Like he didn't want to run anywhere. You know, even Tom Brady could still run around. Um, he was pretty much like, you know, moving the offense and saying, "I'm going this direction. That's my first read." Bam, not there. How many times did we see him throw to DJ? Where it was like triple covered, and you're like, "What? How? What, what are you doing?" So. I think with a new quarterback, uh, if it's Rudolph, if it's Haskins, if it's Watson, or if it's Malik Willis, whoever, it would open up the game plan. And, and it's got to be exciting to see this is to be the big year to judge Canada with, with, uh, without Ben. So life without Ben, it has been, it's been so different, hasn't it? Even the speculation with the QBs, but who's going to be, you know, who's going to hand up to Najee? We don't know. But whoever well, does, it's going to be... Oh, mate, he's going for it. I'm telling you. Mate, so it's funny with Big Ben. I pulled up PFF do a quarterback annual document. Um, and it's not just their grades. It's like actual just pure stats. And like, <laughs> Ben, top targets in key situations. Deontay Johnson on third down, top wide receiver, 48 targets. Under pressure, Deontay Johnson, 22 targets. Versus the blitz, Deontay Johnson, 42 targets. There you, there In the go. red zone, Deontay Johnson, go. 22 exactly targets. Yeah. But then you look at like the position rankings and you look at like 
how much he threw under two and a half seconds. And the Steelers, this has been going on for six or seven years. Like, mm. yes, Ben had the 5,000 yarder. He had the injury, all the rest of it. But if you actually go through the last six or seven seasons, like, this deep, like if you're an opposing team at this, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can look up a lot of stuff in the last few years and you'll know exactly what's going to happen. Like, there's been, it's, you know, been a miracle that we've won as many games as we have. All right, well, let's flick over to my man. Uh, made me a bit of cash last year when he got drafted. Pat Freemuth. Um, he caught 60 from 79. So that was um, a pass catching rate of 75.9%. Um, 497 yards, which is slightly on the low side, but, you know, that's up. It's really, again, what we just talked about there at the quarterback. He gained 34 first downs. He had one fumble, which really cost us probably against the Lions and probably cost us maybe even going to the second round of the playoffs if we didn't have to play against the Chiefs. Um, started nine out of 16 games, but as a tight end, it depends what set that they're in. Yards per reception average of 8.3. He was ninth in the league um, in terms of PFF grade for tight ends, 22nd in snaps, eighth in, in his receiving grade, third in his pass block grade. He was outside the top 50 for run blocking, but I don't take any stock in that from a PFF perspective. Pat Freeman, I mean, what's the ceiling for, for him? What do you expect his stat line to be in 2022? You know, you know, where's the where's the floor, I guess? Well, you, you just kind of t- took my point as well because, uh, you know, Big Ben couldn't really get him the football that much, right? But yeah. he still got, what, seven TDs, you said, last year? Uh, he had last year, he had... <laughs> seven or eight? He had seven, I think. Let me pull that yeah, up. Yeah, I think he, I think he had seven. Um, I'm glad we have him as well. He's our new, I guess, our new tight end or our new number yeah, one. Seven. I, he had seven. I think I think we're all in agreement that Eric Ebron won't be there as as a stealer. I think also behind him, Gentry's doing a little bit better to be number two, and those two fellas can can block uh pretty well. Now, also number three might even be Radar unless we bring someone in or draft someone else. But he's also a pretty big unit. Those fellas are all about the same size, six foot eight, six foot five. Um, but for Muth, I can see him very very similar. The offense should be get hopefully more creative because it's been so bland, yeah. you know. And that could be a Ben problem. It really could be a Ben problem. Now that could it's been that way, is. is well, there you go. Look, I know it's hard for me to say. It's just I know, I know it is, and it's not disrespectful. It's just like the game, the game moves, the game, it, yeah. Well, okay, if it is, if it is for the last two years, because we we knew watching the game, you're like, oh, that handoff's going to Juju for sure. <laughs> but you kind of wonder, in some ways, you kind of wonder, like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but should they have kept Randy for another year and then, like, and like let Canada wait for the quarterback that he wants to go up, like, wait for a quarterback for the system? But then they probably would have lost Canada. Anyway, I don't it want to go into the been, hypotheticals. But, it like, could have been a yeah. simple answer where, you know, Ben was just running the show and he wanted to do what he wanted to do and he thought that was the best way to win. However, the game is changing and the offensive coordinator didn't get enough say in there and the receivers are like, well, we haven't got too much say either. It's Big Ben, so what, we just got to follow his plan. And a lot of times I saw these receivers last year just kind of, like, you know, uh, jog to their route and stand there. But in the old days, they used to break down and run around and try and get the football and, and catch the ball. So there might have been a little bit of passion missing. Like, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, he was the leader and, and the veteran in the locker room, but he wanted to do it his way, right? So some, bringing someone else in at quarterback will be interesting to see how they can work with the offensive coordinator. And as for Muth, I hope he can go out there and, and you know, get his consistent, like, first downs and start to block for Najee. Like, I don't think he's going to go backwards uh, at all. I don't. I think he's going to go only get better. 
Very, well, I think it as well. Like, I think when, even if you got Mason there, I think <clears throat> you look at Mason Rudolph and like where he's going to go and where he's going to pass to. And you look at like how much rookie quarterbacks use tight ends. It, it's it's hard to think that they wouldn't actually target Muth more. Um, well, but Muth needs more yardage. Like, I I need a minimum six hundred and fifty yards from him next season, right? Like, uh, like I, I think. Uh, you know, and that and that will speak to what Canada is going to do, but they need to unlock what Freemuth offers them. I, I think you know he can make those clutch catches. He goes up into traffic and gets it. Claypool doesn't. Um, they've got to find ways, and that's why I think as well. This is a very very deep draft class in in terms of tight end, um, and they're, they're going to be available really late as well. <clears throat> I reckon you trade back in if there's one of the guys that you kind of like and he's sitting there like a louder milk trade, like where you trade a fourth or a fifth to jump in back in the fifth or the sixth round. I think that that helps you out. Um, there's got massive dudes like Jelani Woods, which would fit the profile who can catch the ball. I don't want to go into draft guys now, but I think you need someone there that's going to, you can put on the field besides Gentry. And I think Gentry showed some stuff. I don't, I don't trust Raider in the receiving part, but you need someone on the field that, that is a distraction in two tight end sets for for the defense that allows Freemuth to get open and do a bit more. So, you know, I, I just think I love Pat Freemuth. Uh, I'm just excited about him. I think, you know, if Najee can get 94 targets off a short passing game, we know Big Ben was kind of wanting to throw to him. I, I want to see more. I want to see more in the intermediate passing game from Pat Freemuth as well. You know, you'd love for that reception the you know average yards per reception to be even higher um or at least some more you know 20 plus yards catches um yeah what what about the the passes you just see that that little curl route or that goes like eight Mm. nine yards and that like i think what happened with with, with, um big ben last year as well he he, every time we got to third and four or third and three he went deep and and i think even having a rookie quarterback or a new quarterback in this system they're not going to, like, I think Ben wanted to make the big plays all the time like he did, right? Because because sometimes you wanted to just get, the, get the first down, and we will gamble for it, and it didn't happen. Now, if it's third and four, and you have moved there, you want to complete that third down at least. So you're going you're gonna, to, um, you know, design a route to complete that third down. And I think that's what you might see with this more more of a balanced and a bit more, like, a bit more creative offense, a bit more, like, yeah, not as, not as, like, hey, Ben, go, go win us the game. Because that's what his mentality was the whole time. Yeah, and 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 that's it. And when you look at the Steelers passing into the middle of the field, like Jeffrey Bennick talked about this. I think he's done some articles on it. He's talked about this on his, you yeah, know, um, the, right. the, 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 he's talked about this on the um, on the cutting room floor. It's something that I always look at with, um, you know, r- college quarterbacks as well. Mm. I talked a lot about this um, early on in the season when I was comparing Kenny Pickett with Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, who chose to stay back, who's an interesting prospect in the middle rounds next year in the draft. But, you know, it talks about the fact that, you know, veteran quarterbacks prefer not to throw in the middle of the field. They know that's where the interceptions <clears> happen. <throat> For me, if you're going to go with Mason, um, and, and I think in, in all the images that roll in my head of Dwayne Haskins, he more throws those routes that are running, you know, toward the toward the sideline. But I think for me, if you're Mason, if you've got Mason, you've got Freemuth in the middle. I'm I'm okay with a few interceptions where we're throwing it to get into the middle of the field in the intermediate passing games down the seam. I'm okay with that. If you with a guy like Pat Freemuth in those 50-50 balls, I, I think he's gonna catch. I think it's gonna be more 60-40. If they're the things that are gonna get us down the field, great. I 
this is the one thing that would frustrate me regardless of the quarterback. Um, but particularly even if they are thinking they're going to go with Mason is living in the fears. You got to play properly. We can't just play. We're going to grab three yards here and we're going to grab four yards there. And we're going to go near the sideline and maybe they'll break the tackle and just get the first down. Like, I don't want any of that. I want, you know, yeah. we talked about this. This season. Lives for. Oh, can you and, hear me? And we're back. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard? <laughs> Um, g'day, welcome to Steelers Touchdown Under. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I think my internet had an interruption. Everything went haywire. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard? I, I want to continue my rant. Uh, honestly, I honestly don't know. You just turned into Mr. Roboto, you know. Okay. Well, uh, what I was basically saying was we talked a lot last throughout the season as Steelers fans, um, you know, on BTSC and people's commented on it in, you know, different, you know, the live chats and stuff like that. That it just, when you watch other teams, the offense and the passing games feels really fluid. With us, it feels like it's just like maybe and then not and then it's stalling and then it's, it's, it's just, you know, every time uh, they throw uh, the uh, ball, uh, you're uh, like, uh, are uh, they going to uh, do anything? Okay. You said to me how bad the offense was. It was bad. It was really bad. The offense like stinks. Like it's it's stunk for the last two years. It's been horrible to watch. It's been like every single, left, man. every single time we turn on the game, you, you almost want to give them the football straight away because we know we're not going to do anything with it. And last season in 2021, it took three quarters to, to try to score points. Now, the more I think about it, and maybe we could have done a show on Big Ben because more I think about it, it probably was Big Ben. Because how, how many times did he throw it to the sideline to Najee or to Juju or wh- whoever, DJ, and the, it wasn't there. It just what the play was not there. He, he was playing on paper pretty much a lot of the time, whereas you need a football player to go out there and play on the field and actually see and feel what is happening in the game. Not saying that one part, that one kept, that, oh, it still irks me to this day. That one pass to Najee, it was against the Bengals, and like he had five crashing down on him on fourth and ten. That is that was our offense last year. Now we still got to the playoffs. We got there because of the defense. We need to run the football. We need Muth to to I think start to block, and he'll get better. Both Muth and Najee will get better. Yeah, and look, I also Ben Driot plays in the dirt that got them, you know, to win, you know, games in the fourth quarter comeback. Yes, so it's not true, it's not Blaine's fault, no. but like. But yeah, there's the fluidity in this. They shouldn't have been in the position where they had to have those comebacks is what I'm saying. But there was just not a lot of fluidity. All right, let's move to two middle round picks, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. Now, Kendrick Green is the one that a lot of people are like, oh my God, got to get rid of him. You know, no one can ever have a bad rookie year. No one can ever, you know, doesn't matter that, you know, he was a third round draft pick. Everyone expects him to be Creed Humphrey. You know, you know this. everyone else's ceiling is, you know, like the Empire State building tall on Kendrick Green and poor Kendrick Green's just sitting there going, you know, I'm in a five <laughs> five story shopping center. Thanks. Like just give me a break, right? Um he started 15 from 15 um games that he played in, 977 snaps, four, six penalties, four of them were holding. Um, you know, played 76% of the offensive snaps for the season. Dan Moore Jr. started 16 out of the 16 games he played, 1080 snaps. Um that's 99% of the Steelers' offensive snaps. Five penalties, which were three holding, uh, two false starts. He was 
first in terms of drafted left tackles and snaps, um, which is incredible when you think about guys like Rashawn Slater and Penne Sewell. Um, I talked about that a lot on War Room this season. But, you know, those two guys, let's start with Green first. What's your feeling for them, you know, in terms of well, what they do in 2022? With Green, I need to see, I need to see, I need to see more. Yeah. I just want to see what more what's happening now. This is my least. You need to see Dan more. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. Uh, it's my least, I guess, position that I I look at and go, what is actually happening? I, it's it's so hard for me to, to to analyze or judge because I just don't know. Yeah. But I guess when when you look at the stats, the running game was terrible. Right, thirty seconds. Um, offensive line broke down. Communications broke down. This team, this unit of the offensive line doesn't really know each other just yet. They've Pretty much brand new. Uh, Dotson was out, but I think like with Green being there, it's hard to. Surely it must be hard to go into a center role, being a year one starter rookie, and you're snapping the football to Big Ben. So a lot of pressure. But I think you have to at some point, you know, go uh, let go of the stigmas and just be like, hang on, I I'm in this team for a reason. I need to go out there and excel. You can't use any you can't use any excuses uh, for me. So. So with with Green, I need to see more of him. Uh, now Dan Moore, we, he's all you know. He played pretty well last year, from some of the articles I read that you, uh, the BGC was talking about, and what how you you talked about him too, and what I saw last year. I like the way that him and Dotson both you know work together. I like the way how how physical he was too. Um, but same thing, it's it's I don't know when the last time we started two rookies on the O line. Like that was just yeah. like. You know, this might have been our one of our, be- our best years of starting rookies in general, to be honest. Well, uh, well, and the the good thing is, is what like Shannon brought up on the show last week, where he talked about the fact that left tackles cost a lot of money, and we got Dan Moore in the fourth round. Like, if he comes off, like that's pretty good, right? Like, so you know, and I think with Green too, you got to remember, like, people are allowed to have a bad year. Like, look at Demonte Dawson, right? Like, look what they did with him. Like, I think. Even if he's even if he's a backup piece, a third rounder with a backup piece that can play guard and come play center, which is probably a backup center, not the worst thing in the world. Like it's not a dud pick at this point in time. It's just our Steeler fans, we've had four decades almost of great center play. And so you sit there and you're like, well, of course he's, you know, he's terrible. Okay, well, you know. And you have to blame somebody. That's what a lot of a lot of a lot of we do it this in instant. You need to blame somebody with the running game. You can't say the running game stinks and then not blame anyone. So who are you going to blame? The center. Exactly. Exactly. Well, See Sean Manahan puts five dollars in the tip jar of the super chat, and Sean Manahan <clears> says first through through third quarter, our uh, passing game sucked. Fourth quarter last year, it came to life, and the difference was glaring. Well, as you yeah. as you shared that, Sean, the Steelers last year were twenty fourth in the league. Uh, for po- quarter points per game in the third quarter. There you go. Um, so that's kind of an interesting sort of perspective. And that got better down the stretch, but that's kind of where it was, that's kind of where it was sitting. Versus, I think in 2020, I think it was like five points. But just pulling that stat up there, um, well, 18. We, yeah, it was 4.8 points. Yeah. We, we played so well in the fourth quarter, you kind of wish it did happen in the first quarter because every, like every single year, every uh-huh. single game, every single game was like we just went flat. Now, we, we did win that Buffalo game, which was quite, you know, quite amazing to, uh, to happen. That, that was a punt block too. But we just, I don't know what it was. It, well, was, it was very hard to watch. 
<laughs> well, so to honest. back Sean Manahan's point up, Sean Manahan with the Sean Manahan with the with the comment of the week, I think. Um, I dare I dare the live chat to do better. Um, <laughs> I say oh, that because the fourth geez. quarter offense was nine point eight points. So literally, there's like, how can you score like no points in so many games? The Steelers, I think, averaged what was it like nineteen points? I'm gonna pull it up. Yet, yet then you can go into the, the fourth quarter and 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 grab nab ten points almost average per game. I mean, it's ridiculous. Are we are we counting Sean Manahan's uh, comment of the week just because it's a super chat? Because if so, he's the only one, and he's winning. That's, that's, he's winning. He's winning by default. You know? <laughs> no, I just think it was a good comment. Like I just, you know, like I'm just trying to look look up exactly what the the, the points per game was. But I just like uh, I think that's incredible. That's a that's a that's a great stat. He, he's right though, because we did absolutely nothing in the first half, and we're always down. And it was like, how do you go out there? Like my, my idea was the whole week you train for this, you get prepared for this, and you just go out and lay a duck egg and nothing happens. And that needs to change. That will hopefully change with the with the offense, with these fellas getting better with Green and, and more. And hopefully whoever our quarterback is, something needs to happen where we go out and get at least three points and then the defense can start to come alive. Um, a bit like in the old days where, you know, we were up scoring points and, and, and relying on our defense to get that margin from about 10 to 14. We never really had that. The games we all we all we had that I think it was the Broncos were up by a little bit and they are not coming back anyway. We won by seven, so yeah. Well, it needs to change. Yeah, and 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 look, it's it's funny because the Steelers had nine out of the eighteen games where they scored less than twenty points. So if you think about that, ten points coming in the fourth quarter, like I mean, really, like you're not even settling for you're not even settling for a field goal per quarter at that at that average. Like it's just it's just unbelievable. Um there is talk in the live chat as well. I think Owen brought up first that Molette's been re-signed. I have pulled that up. That is per Ian Rappaport as well. They haven't put a number. Apparently the deal looks pretty similar though to um to the Killebrew deal. Um that's what the expectation is there. So that's some interesting breaking news. Mark, um before we get to a couple of the other players I want to cover off do you like that with Mollet? I thought he was a decent depth piece, but I hope when yeah. kind of, four million's expensive, but I mean he is a veteran, so he also came in last year too, right? So he was the first year yeah. in the Steelers in twenty twenty one. Give him give him another shot. He did okay. I, I didn't really see him make too many splash plays on the defense, but I think he'll do more work too on special teams. I think he's still there as well. Yep. So he's a he's a veteran guy. Um, there has to be a reason why they they like him, and maybe he can he can you know I don't know if they keep. If they keep Marcus Allen and those kind of guys too, they play please them. no, don't you know? say that name. No but, Marcus Allen. No Marcus that. Allen. No <laughs> Marcus Allen. We aren't making the, the you know the big free agent plays, but we can we kind of do this every single year, really. You know, we go out and sign that guy, and people go, "Who? Who's that?" <laughs> you know, but we know who he is. But a lot of other fans be like, "Who is that? Who's, who's Mullet?" You know, uh, it's okay if, if he can if he can help us on the defense, help us on special teams. Why not? Why not bring in that leadership too? He's, he's, he's been, I think, playing for seven years now, six years, something like that. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. Well, the next couple of draft picks were Presley Harvin, the third, Trey Norwood, Loudermilk. Let's go through Big Press quickly because um, Corliss Waitman did all right. The Big Press played in 15 games, um, two kickoffs, which nothing really to note there, 70 punts um, for 2,982 yards, um, 64 was his long average of 42.6, which is 33rd in the league, right? So technically on an average, that makes him outside a starting role in the league, um, but obviously had a lot more punts. He was eighth in the league in t- with 70 punts. 
Um, thoughts on big press? I don't really want to talk about punters too much, but, you know, yeah. we, like I think he deserves a second year. I'm not sitting here going this is the punter for the Steelers for the, you know, this is the next franchise punter, but, you know. Yeah. He's all right. It's funny because I looked on uh, looked on Instagram today and I saw I, I still follow Jordan Berry for some reason. Uh, I think I was trying to get him on my show. And just, he, he had a good year last year for all the crap that yeah, everyone gave him, man. He had I a know. good year. He never responded to me though. I said, "Man, I'm Australian. You're Australian. You're a Steeler. You know." He never responded to me. You know, I guess like the high price of fame doesn't talk to the little blokes. Yeah. Anyways, I saw him on there. Oh, I wouldn't invite him to a barbecue. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't give him a beer. Nah, I would probably give him a beer. He was fourth, mate. He was fourth in the league for the longest punt last year with seventy-eight yards. Yeah, well, he was top. Well, he was top five for overall punting yards. <laughs> well, I saw a comment from one Steeler fan on his. Uh, you know, he's at the beach somewhere in Florida. I don't know where he's at. And uh, they were saying, "Come back to Pittsburgh." So I don't know if he's going to come back or not. But uh, I heard the, Brad Wing on. I saw Brad Wing on Twitter oh! Friday. Brad Wing was tweeting out some stuff as if he was going to make a comeback. And I thought, what are you doing? But I couldn't believe it. He's made like $4 million in his career. Like, it's just... I wouldn't... I wouldn't... That's one bloke I wouldn't buy a beer. He just irks me. He's like Joe Burr. Just don't like him. So if you hear this, Brad Wing, I'm coming for your job. No, I'm done. <laughs> but he's no. still young. Like, he, he like, out, out of the league quite early. Like, he's... I think he's like six months younger than than me, but that's pretty young. Yeah, but he's got a he's got a higher he's got a higher ego than AB. I know. Do you know he's the first Australian oh. in the NFL to throw a touchdown? Who was Brad Wing? Yeah. Yeah, no one knows. We're the only two podcasts in the world who talk about it. No one else knows about Brad Wing. See what happens when we talk about punters. I know. <laughs> it's I know. All right. I know. Har- Harvin, give him a shot. This let's just, it's not that big of a deal. If he's that bad, you got to bring back someone. Like I think Corliss Waitman got signed by the Broncos, I think. But you yeah, got to bring someone yeah. to compete with him. Oh, like, big time! Competition is key. Um, I think yeah. If Harvin plays, will play next year. I think just got to work on. Uh, this is hard to say. This is not like fun to talk about. But work on maybe the the, the depth of the ball in the air and how high it goes. I don't know. Agree. <laughs> I, I, well, Pat McAfee was talking about him with Cam Haywood. It came up in that interview, and he said. Harvin needs to probably drop a bit of weight too. He's like, I get the whole he's right. big press, but like he was basically like, not that Pat McAfee called him big press <laughs> and Jeff really would be going viral. But um, no, like he basically said like he needs to clean up a little bit. He said, I started, he said, when I started out my career, I, I was like big press, ate whatever I liked, did whatever I liked. But you, he goes, you, he's, if, he's you wanna, be, if you want to be in that top way. echelon, yes. like, you've got to yes. like, so that's something to factor in there. Um, Trey Norwood. I want to talk about Norwood for a little bit. I mean, Loudermilk, we can talk about that quickly, but Trey Norwood started three out of 17 games, four pass defense, one interception, two tackles for a loss, 388 snaps, which is 33% of defensive snaps. He also played 41% of special team snaps, um, 38 tackles, 32 of those were solo. Pretty incredible for a seventh round draft pick. Yes. And he came out firing, I think, in the Bills game. And we're like, wow, we have something here. We have the next Troy. And then it all, then he all went back into <laughs> How about next Troy? That's what I was thinking. And then we went back into, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the seventh rounder kind of style. Like, he played pretty well, though. There was a few tackles that nobody wanted to tackle. I think it was the Bills. And he was, like, making short tackles and came up to the line. I like how he tackles low at the ankles as well. Like, he, he doesn't was drawing really, up high doing stuff. really well. 
Really well. And he dropped several games. interceptions that he could have got. Like even in the one mm-hmm. of the pr- um practice squad games, <laughs> even in one of the preseason games. I- imagine that. <laughs> I started to start calling him now. That's this season coming up. It's not mm-hmm. going to be called the preseason games. It's called the practice squad. Well, you want to have ninety verse ninety verse ninety on the field, do you? So the practice squad games. <laughs> um, that's like that's like sackle. Um, <laughs> if we go back to the, the original days, but oh, yeah. Man. So like even there where it was Norwood though, there was, there was several times this season where there were dropped interceptions. So even the chiefs game in the playoffs, there was two, wasn't there where he like almost got those interceptions. Um, yeah. And it, he, he will learn from that too. I, I found like he played really well at the start and then he went missing during the season, but that's the, the identity of a seventh rounder. And maybe even the way he was using with Arthur, Arthur Millette coming in, I think even yeah. uh, with, with Pierre, and if he played, played a bit of corner too, sometimes, well, I do know he got burnt a little bit, but that's that's just not understanding the defense in your first year and being a seventh rounder. You just don't know the defense just yet. Um, no. And even for, for a certain extent, how do you how do you shut things down when the the middle of the field is just being you know run through the middle with 140 yards average running? So if you start to condense that that front seven can be lights out and locked down, then it doesn't really matter what kind of corners you have because because once you shut down the run then the, the pass is going to be open. I think it's going to be TJ show and Highsmith show to really pressure the quarterback for anyone to make those picks. Right. So it's, it's a lot of pressure on Trey Norwood in this, this season too, but even last season being, being a seventh round pick. I, I was so excited to see him play in the first game. I was like, this guy's pretty good. And then he kind of like just went in average. Yeah. Seven. I think he had a bumping ride. I think they asked a lot from him. I think there was parts in the middle season where they overcomplicated it for him. <clears> and I think he struggled <throat> with that when he was doing some of the, the corner stuff and he came in with the different injuries. Like, you know, the, the cornerbacks were, was a bit all over the place last year, right? In terms of, in, you know, the consistency and the, yes. what we talk about fluidity. Yeah. So that makes it hard for a guy like Trey Norwood. And, you know, he talks about how powerful Minka was, but I agree with what Clarence is saying. Like, you give him, and it's what you said, Mark, you give him a full offseason to learn the defense, right? You, Terrell Austin, you know, is now the defensive coordinator. Obviously, Terrell Austin's worked with him. You know, you bring in the, the way the positioning works. And, with, and like, you got to remember, like, Mike Tomlin was instrumental in creating the Tampa defense back at Tampa Bay. He's a defensive backs coach by trade, really. I mean, even though he started out as a wide receivers coach. Like, if any, if, if Norwood's going to have a chance on any team, it's going to be with, like, the Steelers. And, I just remember the comments that Tomlin made coming out of the draft in the post-draft press conferences. And like, it, it just sounded like he's like, this guy's a Swiss army knife. We can work with him. We can do things. And yeah, I, I think Norwood is a really exciting prospect for us to watch. And the great thing about Norwood too, is he's only 22, right? So yeah, he's yeah. going to serve out this rookie contract three or four years. Then he gets 25, 26, pay him a little bit more than, you know, a little bit over the market worth if we can keep him around. This guy is one of those guys that you build a friend. This is one of the guys that you, you see with a Super Bowl team that's been there for five or six years, not the best player on the team, but can feel things, knows the team, reliable when he needs to, if he's got to start a few games. But if you were a seventh round draft pick, a hybrid sort of safety cornerback, and you get told you're going to play, you know, 33% of the defensive snaps for a team like the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, you got to be yep. pretty happy with that. Well, some some seven, seventh rounders don't even make the team in two years or not even make the team at all. So, yeah, I would be happy. Well, let's go to Louder Milk. Um, I get, I'm a bit upset, as I say it, that we don't get to talk about Quincy Roche. Um, I loved Quincy Roche, one of the first players I, I ever previewed when um, Cap Room went to War Room last season. We all know where he ended up. Owen brought him up before in the live chat. 
Good spur going. Um, but Loudermilk started two out of 15 games, three pass defenses, one sack, 23 tackles, three missed tackles. Um, there for 11% missed tackle rate, 288 snaps um, on the defense, which was 24%, I think, of the overall defensive snaps. Um, any thoughts on Loudermilk, just quickly, before we get into a little bit of Q&A? Well, just one, just one quick thing. Where did uh, Rocha end up going? I forget. Uh, to New York. And he had, like, New he played York. pretty well for them. Yeah. He went to the Giants. Really? Went to the, the, old, Giants. the old big blue. Right. The old big blue. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we can't talk about him, I guess. Well, we can. Um, like, I think it's missed. I, 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 you know, actually, I'm going to make a point of this. Everyone was all, you know, Jameer Jones, Jameer Jones, Jameer Jones. And remember, I was like, no, I was like, <laughs> Quincy me. Roche, Quincy <laughs> Roche. And look, like, Jameer Jones has done nothing. And Quincy oh. Roche, two and a half sacks, 38 tackles, five tackles for a loss, five quarterback hits, one forced fumble. In three games that he played, um, started for the Giants out of 14. He played uh, almost 50%. He played 42% of their defensive snaps. So, I, uh, I was one of those people talking about Jameer Jones, but I think my opinion counts for nothing because I just compared Trey Norwood to Troy, Troy Palamu. So, <laughs> um, but I was so excited, man. I was like, this guy, Jameer Jones, is going off. <laughs> Every single player, oh, like, Quincy Roche has the proven college production. I, I know, I, I understand that, but when you watch those preseason games, you haven't seen football for so There's long. There's not preseason; it's called the practice squad, and that's where yeah. he ended up on the practice squad. <laughs> no, but when you're watching, you're like, "Yeah, sign him up for a five, you know, five year contract, get him going," because you're like, "This guy is really good," and then nothing. Uh, but I heard we talk about Roche or all the other. Right. Well, that was Roche, but we need we need no. to wrap up on louder milk. All right. Uh, I thought he played And audience, okay. as Mark finishes on Louder Milk, get a couple of questions ready. We've got about five minutes. We can answer a couple of quick questions. Yeah, I'll, I'll be quick because I didn't, I didn't see him play too much, really. The defense in the middle was was pretty horrible because there was no Alulu, there was no to it, and hopefully that changes. Um, another guy going to his second year, it's it's kind of fun to see what, what can happen. And I want to see him get a few few sackles, a few tackles for loss. Um yeah, you've got to start to learn behind the guys like Cam and Tuit and those guys and Lulu there. So what better place to be a defensive end or tackle in the Steelers? Where else would you want to be, to be honest? 100%. Where else would you want to be? That's a good point. What's um what's a pass mark for him for next year? What's a pass mark? Because it's hard. You can't really put a tackle count on when the position he plays. Like what do you what do you think it's a pass mark for him? Uh just I guess maybe not make too many errors or let like don't let the I I don't want to see this running game go any worse or worse yeah, than we saw it. Like I really don't want to see if we are 32 in the league again or whatever yeah. we were. Oh boy, 144 yards per game. That's a lot. It's like we got burnt every time and it changed the whole outlook of the defense. Yeah. So just just compete. Like I think if you compete behind uh to it, Alulu and Cam and those guys, I think you have a good chance. You have a good like we we will have a good front seven. Whoever's whoever's gonna be a middle linebacker if we go through the draft or if we go free agent, we will have one of the best front sevens if everyone's healthy. Yeah. And in comparison, could be like 2008. Yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our um, look ahead to the rookies from this 2021 draft class and what they're going to do in, in year two. As I said, next week, we're going to look at the year two players going to year three. Um, we just want to give everyone, and of course, we'll cover off some of the, you know, our reactions to the free agents. Um, but I think there's a few questions. Oh, yeah. Mark. Yeah. Are, are we doing this every week? So we look into the year nine players going to year 10. Is that how far we're going? 
if you want to. There's no year nine in going to year 10 <laughs> players that have drafted by the Steelers, though. Yeah, I'm only joking. <laughs> Sorry, we can do that. <laughs> can review the, <laughs> the players that have been retired for 10 years. Retirement <laughs> um, I'm going to have a look at the live chat. Any questions? Oh. Uh, Chad, me boy, asks um, on YouTube, any opinions on a free agent corner? Is there anyone in free agency, Ooh. Mark, that you're sitting? Who's that? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I, look, I don't know. I understand the the, the the contract to get him, but go out and get JC Jackson. He is fire. Oh, Dante Jackson. Oh, on JC Jackson. JC man, he got like ten picks in uh, the other year. Like ten, like he just knows how to play the position. I think we need someone because if we're gonna like, do we sign Joe Hayden? I don't know. You know, if we don't sign Joe Hayden, we need. The I don't quarter. think we can. I don't think. I don't think it, we've got the. We need. We've got too many team needs to pay the money to yeah. Hayden for what he's. But we're pretty. We're pretty or weak at that position too. So we're pretty. You know, pretty weak there. Uh, it's, it just seems like a very odd position. I think our safeties are set. I think our D line is set. Our 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 linebackers are getting better. And uh, it's like it's like middle linebacker and corner. Are like, Ooh, who's there? You know. That's it. That's it. So, i go JC if he was going to come in. All right. Well, in the absence of another question, I'm going to finish it with a, with a question. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, bring him back. If to bring him back, how much would you be prepared to pay him? Well, I think there was like, was it was there signs of like 10 million or 11 million or something like that for like, are they going to sign into a, a like a, a big contract or like another prove it year deal? Because if they do like a if they do a prove it year deal, maybe like honestly don't understand a lot to do with the cap. It all goes over my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just like so, what would you feel comfortable with? Um I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't I really don't think he's gonna come back, to be honest. I think he'll go and chase the money, so I don't know. Yeah. To be honest. I, I, I got this last year, the year before. We was going on TikTok and he was doing like the dances and he was doing Yeah, I hated on him. You hated was, on uh, man, we're, we're mates now. We're mates now. We're mates. Misjudged, misjudged his character. <laughs> we're mates now. But it was all like he was playing Fortnite and he was doing like he was like wearing Miami Dolphin gear. And I'm like, oh no, what are you doing? I don't know. I just uh, think that I, I think other teams in this league, how crazy it's going now, he will get a big offer from another team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snowman, $5 in the tip jar says, which wide receivers did the Seals sign? Because you have three unrestricted free agents. Um, look, I think. Mark and I do want to see Juju come back. Hundred percent, hundred percent, we do. Uh, I think there's guys like DJ Chalk, which if they're cheap, you go out and you look at them. Um, even Rashad Higgins, ex Browns, if he's cheap, I, like I, I think you have a look at him. I think they're going to draft someone in the third, second, third round. Um, if I've said, if there's a guy available in the first and you can really good guy and you believe in him, get him on the five year deal. If he's young, just do it. Like you'll be saving money over the long term. Um, particularly then you can tag him in year six. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's a really key thing to do. Can but, we, you know, can, we uh, can we cut Claypool and sign him again so he's got a fresh start, so he's, like, brand new? <laughs> I've just seen trade him. I, I think you try and trade Claypool for a second and then you go out and get you have an extra second-round draft pick and you bring someone in. like Because he can't high-point high the ball. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah. And then Justin Benjamin says, who do you guys oh, think will be the QB mate. starter? It's a Mark. whole show. We haven't got time. Well, that's Mark's answer. That's Mark's Dave answer. My Dave answer is, well, actually, no, it's not really Dave answer. I don't think 
that the Steelers will have the same quarterback starter that they start with in week one, right? So even if they bring in guy, a guy to compete with Mason or they bring in a draft pick, I don't think I don't think any quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers plays more than nine to ten games out of the eighteen out of the seventeen regular season. I agree games. with you. It's uh, my my view right now is it's Mason Rudolph, and he'll probably play. He he won't play the whole seventeen. No, no way. No. no way. No. Um, that's right. He's probably going to get hit in the helmet in one game at some point. So you know, you never know. You never know. Well, with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers touch down under. I'm Matty Peveril, as always, with Marky D. Marky D, uh, close out the show. Go, Steelers! Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.